Today's podcast is brought to you by The Will to Live, because when you really think about it, it's not actually that strong, is it? Welcome to Down with Joe DeRosa, one topic, one guest, one hour, and today we discuss suicide. Obviously, this subject tends to get a little heavy, uh, so then why do so many of us make light of it? There are just so many ways we take the ass out of the dirty deed of suicide. We joke about it. I certainly do. seems when I'm having a bad day, I can't go more than a few hours without making some crack about carrying out my own self-perpetuated demise or how I wish some other irritating idiot would hit the gas on theirs. It's either, today sucks, I'm going to blow my brains out, or that guy sucks, he should blow his brains out. We also trivialize suicide just by plain old throwing the idea of it around lightly. Ugh, I could kill myself. How many times have you said that after your boss screams at you or you trip and fall down in front of a group of strangers? But despite our casual way of bringing up suicide in conversation, very few of us actually ever go through with it. And that's mildly ironic, since to me, the hands down craziest way to not take suicide seriously is by doing it. Think about that. People actually take their own lives. Despite never once hearing a single positive thing about the act itself, except for the occasional inspiring euthanasia story, tens of thousands of people commit suicide every year. That's not a ton, but it's significant. And that's just in this country. I can only assume that that number grows when you go global. Granted, the majority of folks that decide to end it all suffer from mental illness. So we could say they may not be in full control of their actions. We could also say that the average person isn't in the throes of mental illness and therefore runs a significantly smaller risk of committing suicide. Still, the average person is in a relationship. Most folks are in relationships and intimate partners are the second leading cause of murdering yourself. Basically, you just need to meet that special someone, and you too could be standing on the ledge of a building with a guy on a bullhorn trying to talk you back inside, or at least telling you to aim for that thing that looks like a trampoline. So, even though only a small percentage of us ever pull the trigger, or tie the noose, or open the razor blades, or start the car and roll up the windows and close the garage door, suicide might not be the stranger we make it out to be. Maybe that's why we joke about it. It's familiar. Despite being distant, it's like that cousin you see once a year at the barbecue, but still somehow comfortably gets shit-faced with, or that Madonna song, Beautiful Stranger. Does this mean that our joking is indicative of suicide being potentially around the corner, or does it mean that we make our jabs and quips to safely keep it there, board it up, never to show its face? I don't know. So many questions, which is why I'm so happy my guest today picked this topic particularly because at one time we were intimate partners. So maybe one of us almost wasn't here today. In fact, we made a web series about our happening, I guess you could call it together. Uh, it was called We Should Break Up. Please watch. She's an amazingly funny stand-up comedian. She's got appearances ranging from Conan to Seth Meyers to Comedy Underground with David Tell to her own half-hour Comedy Central special. She can also be seen regularly on the incredibly lauded show at Midnight with Chris Hardwick, who's one of the stars of the film, Those Who Can't. She also co-hosted, along with comedian Sarah Schaefer, the cult hit show Nikki and Sarah Live on MTV. 
which stemmed from their popular podcast, You Had to Be There. But thankfully, she is here now, and she's my dear, dear friend, Nikki Glazer. Hi, Joe. You're Hi. so good. <laughs> Thanks. That's very sweet I really like listening to you talk. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You're the first woman that ever said that. It, you're, you're a great writer, and I know oh. it's a... It's so, it's so annoying of me to start out that way and just be like, you're so, I mean, not to you, not but to, to listeners. <laughs> like, ugh. But um, I, I think that they would agree if they're listening. You're uh, you're just a great writer. And just for you to read your right like that, like you're, it's just, you're good. I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> so um, yeah, this so is you a pro talking. Yeah. Thank, thank you. That's very yeah. flattering. It's, it's really, that was, um, I had a, a one thing that you said I was a little confused by though, which sure. was, if we take, if we don't take suicide seriously, you said the one way that we could take the least serious is to do it. I don't yeah. get that. I don't get your reasoning. I that. feel like I feel like you could not take suicide seriously in many ways. Like mm -hmm. you can make jokes about it, and you, yeah, can, you know, because you're not really taking into account the weight of it. But I think the biggest way to not take into account the weight of it is by doing it, because that's literally oh. you're just like uh, that's final. You're like. Yeah, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. You know, there's no second guessing once See, it's I, done. To me, that's like taking it very seriously. Well, that's certainly... Uh, look, I, I love that you have a different perspective yeah. on it. That's, that's what makes the discussion interesting. Well, yeah. I, I, I love talking about... <laughs> I love reading about suicide. Yeah. I love hearing about it. Yeah. I'm, I, one would say I, I'm obsessed with... I, I love it. When I don't love it because it's awful, but I'm fascinated by it you're fascinated by it now with that fascination do you find it um uh disturbing when you read about it oh, or yes. you're just too intrigued it's it's disturbing and it's intriguing and it's uh I, it's there's something about it that's just so crazy to do that and it just yeah. i just i've been on the cusp of understand like wanting to do it and like kind right. of like almost had a grasp on it but like to actually do it right there, I I hate to say this, but there's like some reverence that I have for people who've done it. <laughs> no, I I understand. Like you jumped off a fucking building. Like people yeah. who do it in really gruesome ways. I know. I I understand that. I I do understand the reverence. I mean, certainly, it's not a glorification of it. It's just it's so it's so intense. It's such yeah. it's such a tunnel vision type of action where it's like you lock onto the target and you're like, this is it. I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, I could never do it. There's a Frank Zappa song called Suicide Chump where he talks about like there's nothing worse than somebody that doesn't that says they're going to do it but doesn't have the guts to go through it to just get the attention. Oh. And there is something like really annoyingly pathetic about that. But also too, you're like, well, thank God they didn't kill themselves. You know what I mean? No, like, that is that is hard because there are so many people that just use it as a way to get as a cry for help as they sure. should. Yeah, they must need help. Right, right, but. <laughs> There's also a part that's just like, you weren't going to do that, but were they? I know. I know. I'm glad you're here, but were you really going <laughs> to do like? Well, you can always tell <sighs> by what the attempt is if they were really yeah. serious. Yeah. I always felt that like bottle of Tylenol was mm. like the was like the McDonald's of suicide. It's like oh, you're yeah. not really committing to this Mc meal. Eating McDonald's is a better way of <laughs> Yeah, that is. You that know? Is. It'll t it would be faster <laughs> than Tylenol. Yeah, but like the Tylenol, I've I've known people. You know, it's it's such a weird topic because you don't want to. 
obviously make fun of people that are in that state. But like I've known people that have taken a bottle of Tylenol. Right. And I'm always like, that to me is like the standard. If there was a suicide shop and you went in and you went up to the clerk and you're like, I just want a good cry for help. I don't want, I'm just starting yes. out. Yes. He'd be like, bottle of Tylenol, I'll take this. You'll throw up. They'll bring you the hot. It'll be fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, but to get to the point the, where you would take Tylenol, though, that you, it's even, it, I kind of am like, you wouldn't know. You'd be like, yeah, am I gonna? Like, you're not sure. It's still, you're flirting with it. Yeah, yeah. There's still something in that that I'm like, I would never do that. Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing. If, you, if you're if you like, I'm going to kill but, myself with Tylenol, and you pick Tylenol ex- Extra Strength instead of Tylenol PM, yeah. you're not. Right. Tylenol PM is the, the answer. Yeah. It's like that, that would probably Plus do it. Plus some alcohol. Yes. Yeah, exactly. If you're taking the Tylenol with water. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> you're not taking it seriously. I mean, but that's it's that's such a or that incites a really interesting thing because when the person doesn't is that the person not taking it seriously? Is it just a cry for help? Is it or an honest attempt? Um, I I get the cry for help. I totally sure, get that because sometimes your family will not intervene. You're so sad and they sure, don't yeah. get it. They're like you're in a funk. Cheer up that you they just don't get it. And you have to say, I'm serious. Yeah, I don't want to die yet. It's not that dire. Right. But pay, pay attention to my illness. Get right. me help. I think there's also like, I think, dare I say it, I, and look, I might be totally wrong, but I think some of the wrist slitters are are just cry for helps too. Because I think there's like a very wrong way you can slit your wrists, right? Yeah. There's the right way to do it. They yeah, tell we you, all like, know like up your arm. Like along the vein. Yeah. But so horizontal. You could go across and that could just be another. I don't know. That's I don't know either, but that's territory. crazy because then then I'm thinking I'm going to have the scar the rest of my life. Like that's a that's a permanent thing regardless. Would you feel embarrassed by the scar? Or would you feel kind of I mean, no, I'd be so embarrassed. Really? Even oh, though yeah. that you have a certain reverence with the commitment of suicide? No, because you didn't do it. And oh, and yeah, I, don't, right. I don't I don't right. think that people would be proud of me. Like, I think sickos like me would be proud of, like, would be like, I don't think I, if I ever did it, I wouldn't be doing it because I'm like, people are going to think this is pretty cool. Or like, she actually stuck it out. No, yeah. You I know, would not, like, I yeah. wouldn't, so there would be no point of pride in like having tried it and failed. I think that would be one of the most, having sincerely tried and failed, you hear of those stories where you wake up in the hospital and you're like on the brink of death <sighs> and you have to look yeah. your loved ones in the face and they're like, fuck you. Well, yeah, you know what's so interesting to me um, is that there are a lot of um, unsolved death cases or whatever where, like, it'll be like, it looks like the person committed suicide, but there's a chance it could have been an intruder that murdered them in a certain way or whatever. And I've always, whenever I read a story like that, it always seems like the people that are related to the victim uh, don't want it to be suicide. They want it to be the intruder or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I'm always like, no, I'd rat. I mean, as disturbing, it's horribly disturbing. When I was young, um, like a friend of a friend of our family killed himself. And I remember it's so gruesome. I won't even go into the details, Ugh. but it was so disturbing. It haunted me forever, yeah. forever. And as haunting as that was, I would still, I think, take greater comfort in somebody I love killing themselves than being randomly murdered. 
because at least if they did it themselves, there would be some science to the universe. I'd be like, okay, they did it. That was their decision. Whereas I can't explain this random act of violence. Right. You know what I mean? And it's just they it's in their own hands. It's so fucking sad, but it still wasn't. They weren't as scared or what if they were murdered it would be awful to, to think of your friend going through that whereas like to think of your friend being so sad that they kill themselves is bad but it's not as bad as like getting raped and murdered yeah i wasn't even thinking of rape you brought that in on your own well i figure as a woman <laughs> if you're murdered you're probably raped beforehand um is that um, uh, is that statistically... by a, a random a random murder yeah i would yeah probably you're getting right? raped before it probably right Whew. This is, I think this is the darkest this podcast it's probably. <laughs> Jesus. We're down <laughs> in it this now. This is the thing. Like, women have to, women constantly, I think that people, we make so many rape jokes, women do, because it's on my mind a lot. It, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I have a joke about this, and it bombs. It always bombs. But I think it's so funny. I said it to Pete Holmes once. And we were laughing, and he was like, that's a bit. You should do that as a bit. And I was like, yeah, I feel like it's a valid point. And, now, and then I do it on stage, and it bombs. Mm-hmm. But I go, ladies, I know you think like we're like overprotective of you. And we are a little bit. But it's the rape thing. That's a threat that you face every time you leave the house. Like, we don't face that threat. Men only get raped in jail. Right. So, like... If every time I left the Jail's house, Jail's the only place we don't get raped. That's the joke. Is it? Yeah, I said. Yeah, I go. I go. If every time I left the house, I said I have to go to Seven Eleven, but I have to walk through that prison corridor again to get there, you'd be worried about me. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. I was like, so the lesson is, is you have to go to jail where that, that's the only place you can't get <laughs> that's raped. That's great. I think it's really funny it's too. It's great. It eats. I mean, it is a silence. I like think I can't tell you. You should give it to me. i bet you could pull it off you know just because i wasn't being serious but i i think that uh yeah because you're just a man talking about right but you're coming from a place of like that's why we want to protect you i know it is a thing i i constantly am like murder comes second because that will happen like i said after but being raped is worse than being murdered i would I can't some, even I, it's it's I, I I hear you because there's there's a thing that you have to then live with just like a brutal rape. I'm not talking about like a not that they're rape is rape is rape, but being pulled into the bushes by a stranger. Right. I'm going to let you take the reins on this. Oh, part. I really wish I could just backtrack because I <laughs> no. I just do I'm think uh, walking saying- around in New York. I think about getting raped all the time. I think about getting raped in New York. Think, fantasize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I worry about it too. Honestly, yeah. I think about it. I'm like, I can't imagine a worse experience. I, to I, have. The, as soon as you said like, ladies, we were, I was picturing you because whenever we walk together, you always walk on the side of the mm-hmm. street. Yeah. I always thought that was like one of the, no other guys ever done that for me. And it's a great attribute and more men should do it. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I do it. I saw one other guy do it with a girl that I was walking past them. He like (laughs) made a point of saying like, Hey, will you switch with me? And I was just like, (laughs) DeRosa did that. Yeah, I do. I well, I'm glad that you love it. I do it all the time and I'm amazed. I'd say 99% of the girls that I do that for have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. They're looking at me like, what's, are you crazy? Why do you keep going to the outside of the sidewalk? It's because I don't know what it is. It's not a rape thing. It's like a car thing. (laughs) 
It's if a rape if you get raped by a, a car. car. Yeah. It's uh it's something about when they used to dump the garbage out the windows yeah. and I don't know, something. Oh, okay. Something Oh, it was, so it like dates back to Yeah, something. Yeah. But it's no, it makes thing. sense. Like a car is more likely to hit the pedestrian who is closest to the street than yeah, a car veers off the road. Yeah. It's that, so, yeah, and like something about the trajectory with the people used to dump trash out of the window and then so it would the guy's more likely to get it. It would hit the guy and I don't know. Okay. I like um, it though. Thank you. Thank you. Now, well, here's... If someone jumps out of a building, they're more likely to fall on you. I think so. I, I like Do how you brought it you ever think that when to, you're suicide. walking around? Like it's, if someone's going to jump and fall on you? No, I don't think of that. I often think of somebody throwing a penny off of a roof and it hitting oh, and me in the head and killing me. Oh, and then it's just going like me. four feet into you like they always say it would? <laughs> yeah, like down, it's like in your neck. Yeah. Through, your, through the top of your head. Yeah. Uh, but no, somebody jumping off. Uh, there's a movie called In Bruges. Really awesome movie. Uh-huh. Um, you should watch it if anybody hasn't seen it. Listening, they, the same guy also did Seven Psychopaths, which is great. Um, but there's a part in that movie where a guy falls off a roof and hits the cement, the sidewalk, mm-hmm. and it's the first time I've ever seen a movie where they try to portray it realistically. Like this is what would happen to your body, and it is you bounce. It's disturbing looking. Because it's almost like you kind of, you splatter. Ugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like you squish and splatter mm-hmm. or whatever. It's gross. So like I would, after I saw that movie, I was like, please never let me see somebody jump off a roof. Oh my God. It's it would the be the worst. worst. And that's the worst it way to It happens all the time. It's the worst way to kill yourself. It would be, or throwing yourself in front of a train. I just don't understand my friend saw you that. You must want it so badly. You, your friend saw that. My friend was in the subway in New York. Ooh. It was all. It was in the papers. It was about a year ago. He saw a guy jump in front of the train, and the guy lived. Oh my god! The guy lived, but he saw it happen. And they say, and I don't think this guy was a, one of these cases. He, I think he just lived. Oh. But um, they say that when, the, yeah, the train engine like spirals you up like a well, rubber band. If you band. get ca- caught in between the train and the 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 rail or like the side. Yeah. So then it just spins you, and then when they, you'll stay alive, and then when they take the train out, and your yeah. insides go and unwind, and you just go. Yeah, it literally spins yeah. and you die, and they bring your loved ones in, and they're like, yeah, to say goodbye. Jesus it's like Christ. all real. It's I know. the worst thing I can but imagine. That's gotta be. If I ever did it, you know, I've like thought about like how would I do it. You you gotta go pills. Yeah, I don't understand why nobody goes pills. Not nobody, but so few people. Uh, I think it's just because it's really hard to do. Because there's such a chance they'll save you. Yeah, and I think that, uh, and it's hard to to get them. Like, I wouldn't know where to go. Like, I would have to fake, like, some kind of, I, I wouldn't know where to get them. I would maybe try to do, like, a heroin overdose or something. Well, yeah, I've thought about that, too. Um, but, well, real quick on the pills okay. thing. They're, besides somebody finding you, there's a good chance you'll throw it up. That's mm. another reason that people don't. Your body up. would just naturally yeah because the obvious you don't want to die yeah easy solution if it was if throwing up wasn't a factor it would just be like we'll just drive like two hours away and just do it you know what i mean like nobody will know but yeah um but yeah there's a throw factor i have thought about the drug thing but i feel like overdosing on heroin might not be as easy as it sounds or something yeah no i think I mean, yeah, if it were that easy, I think ever, yeah, it would be very hard. I think I would get high, and then I would just want to just be high. Yeah. I wanna... I feel like over, I don't know. They have that, that you know, they used to talk about, like, the hot 
he got a hot dose and that was like yeah. what killed him or I whatever. I don't think it's as easy to kill yourself as we may think. I f- Pills yeah. or... I feel like drug overdose comes from... Oh, Jesus. I mean, the amount of ignorance with which I speak. Ugh, uh, it's amazing. Too. It's okay. But uh, I feel no, like drug overdose might be the end of the line of drug abuse. Like, I feel like you maybe yeah. it's part of damage that you've already done. Yes. Right? You've like... There's... There's always that urban legend of like the first time he did it, he died. But I don't think that really happens that often. I don't know anybody like that. I don't either. I know so many people that have done so much cocaine for so long and none of them have died right. <laughs> or yeah. OD'd or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, it's got to be coming at some point. But uh, yeah, and I, I, I mean, I must know, we must know people that do heroin. We must. We know people who do meth. We have to. Meth is like very popular. Nobody talks about it. Yeah, because it's meth. It's embarrassing. But um, rich people are getting into meth now because it's it's a it's like it's better than coke or whatever in terms of like the high. And um, they just get all their teeth fixed and their skin fixed. They just have people keeping them look not like meth addicts. Jesus Christ. It's so crazy. It's crazy. It's so crazy the I, shit rich people do. It would, I would, meth would. It's you, such a dirty drug. It's ugh. the only drug that you, you can fucking blow up from yeah. when you make it. Uh, it's because they saw Breaking Bad and they think like, ugh. you know what I mean? You I think? bet you that's why. Yeah, it's like chic. Ugh. It's chic. It's, it's like, I feel like it's like when Coke was chic because yeah. of Scarface. And I mean, oh, it was yeah. the 80s, but I feel like, you know, entertainment reflects. That's a good point. You know, I bet the that trends. there's a uh, correlation there. There's got to be. There's there there. It it would be. It's it's impossible that it that it can't be. It could not. That it be wouldn't be that. I don't breaking, watch Breaking Bad, know? so I don't know if it looks. It's glorified on it. I don't think it is, but I'm just saying. But it's like just in the people are just talking ether. about it. Yeah. Yeah. So how? Okay. So I I want to talk more about how you think you would do it if you did it. And again, we're not like I have glorifying to say, it. We're I, just, you know, I have I had a friend in high school who did it, and that I think that is where my fascination stems from. It's um, he killed himself. It was it's really crazy. Um, it was my senior year of high school, and my friend, my best friend since fourth grade, Kirsten, was this girl who started kind of hanging with like the more popular kids, and she was still friends with me, but like started hanging with a different crew and not like a bad crew, but just different. And one of the crew was this guy, David, who was kind of an, one of the nerdier popular kids. He was just like a kind of an, everyone loved him, but not as cool as the rest. And he was just in love with Kirsten. Like what, just this high school crush that was just, he, he loved her and everyone knew it. She knew it. He had told her before she would say, you know, David, I just like you as a friend, but ever, it was just like, Oh, David's in love with Kirsten. Like it was just that over and over again. And, he would like leave her notes in her locker. He would confess his love every couple of months. And then she would say, I just want to be friends, you know, and it was just this continual thing. So then they, we had the friendship dance was like, it was uh, in November at some point, it was like our homecoming and they went together and I went with another friend of ours and we went to the dance. And then afterwards we went to, it was David's birthday that weekend. So we went to his, and I didn't know him that way. I knew him, but not that well, but I went to his uh, house for the first time. And it was like one of the first nights I ever drank. And so we were up in his room and we were drinking kind of, and we were playing truth or dare. 
and we were all hanging out and I remember it got to uh, me and I was like, David, truth or dare? And he said, truth. And I was like, what is your biggest fear? Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'm not scared of anything. And I was like, what about death? And he's like, no way. And I was like, and I remember saying that, okay? So he was just like nothing. And he just like gave me a stare. And um, and then later that we had a couple more beers, and then later that night he uh he was like, I want to show you this present my my stepdad got me, and he pulled out a rifle, like a hunting rifle, and I hate guns, and I did at the time, and I still do even more. But he pulled out this gun, and we were all just like, what? I remember my friend uh, Anthony, the other guy that was there, he was like, David, why do you have this? He was like, better friends with David than right. I was, so he kind of right. was like, what what are you doing with this? And he was right. like, it's a, it's just a hunting rifle. I'm gonna go hunting with my stepdad. And Kirsten and I were just like in the corner, kind of like laughing, not really paying attention. But I remember he put the gun away and I was just like, thank God. So then the next day or that night, he drove us back to my house. We were spending the night. We were in the car. We were in the back seat and, or I was in the back seat, and Kirsten was up front with David. And I was just like the third wheel. And I remember he was like, Kirsten, I love you. He's kind of drunk driving us home. Kirsten, I love you. I love Jesus. you. And she's like, David, I just like you as a friend. And he's just like, I just, I have to deal with that. But I, I love you. And it's just really hard. And she's like, David, I care about you so much, but just, and I'm in the backseat, like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm like listening Jesus. to this conversation. This is yeah. so awkward. Yeah. Pull it to my parents' house. He lets go, but bye, David. And we get out and I remember walking in and being like, oh, I wonder what weird thing is going to be in your locker on Monday. This was Saturday night. I was uh -huh. like, ugh, he's going to leave something in your locker on Monday. It's going to be weird. Uh -huh. I wonder if he's going to like tell people, if people are going to know at school. We're kind of just like kind of laughing about it, but uh -huh. not in a cruel way. I know what you mean. So we're just like, oh, it's so awkward. And she's like, ugh. So then Monday rolls around and David isn't at school. And I remember going up to Kirsten, like, did you get anything in your locker? And she's like, no, but he did leave like a weird CD at my front door. Like I woke up to it this morning when I was going to school. It was like a CD. I didn't listen to it yet, but it had his like corsage that I got him for Friendship Dance, like taped to it. And there was like a note in it, but I didn't read it or anything. Oh, Jesus. She's like, I was just in a rush. So she just left it at home. And, um, and we were just like, oh, that's so weird. God, he's so weird. Like, why is he yeah. doing stuff like this? This is like embarrassing. Right. So we went through the whole day and then seventh period, I remember I was like signing in for my like free class. Like you just sign in, you get to leave. And I was signing in and this girl came up to me who I was friends with, but like who didn't know I knew David. And she was like, hey, did you hear David Kenneker shot himself? And I was like, what? She was like, David Kenneker shot himself. And I was like, oh, and I knew like instantly, like that's definitely true. And I just like dropped the pen and I started sprinting to get, I knew where Kirsten was. And I ran into my principal on the way there and he looked and my principal was my other best friend's dad. So he knew that I knew David. Oh my and my, God. And he was like, come with me. And I was like, is it true? And he's like, yes, it's true. And so we got Kirsten out of class. She had no idea. And we're just walking in the office and I'm sobbing. And she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, she's going to fucking yeah, how goodbye you... to my best friend forever yeah. and ever. So we get to the principal's office and then they tell her and she's on the floor, like screaming and crying. And then they are, the cops are there and they're like, and we're all just like in hysterics. And they're like, do you, you hung out with David on Saturday. Did he say anything about a rifle? And I was just like, no, I don't know any. And then, cause I was kind of drunk when it all happened. And then right. I was like, oh my God, he showed us a gun. Right. Oh my God. Right. And they were like, was it this gun? And they showed me a picture of the crime scene, a Polaroid of the crime scene of his hand on it with like blood. Oh my but like, God. And I was like, yeah, that was it. And then, um, and then we went to Kirsten's and we listened to the CD and it was the Ben Harper song. 
um, my beloved one. Oh so my God. it was like out of a movie. Kirsten's on the her bedroom floor crying. My mom is like standing in the corner with her arms crossed, just like, I don't know how to handle this. Like, I don't even know who this kid is. And suddenly my daughter is crying over this kid I didn't right. ever meet. And then Kirsten's mom is just doesn't know what to do. And I, we left and then thus began like, then shit hit the fan. Like that's when my whole like life fell apart. And I didn't really realize it at the time because I didn't know that I even like, you know, he was an acquaintance. And then that we had, we shared that one night, which was happened to be the night before he killed himself. But apparently he took the gun and he waited till the train was passing his house because it would make a lot of noise. And he shot himself. Jesus Christ. But he went to Walgreens at two in the morning to buy tape, to buy scotch tape, to put it on the CD and took it to Kirsten's place at like three in the morning, dropped it off and then shot himself at like four. Jesus Christ. And it's incredible. Like that, like somebody goes through that amount of planning. That's like the way you would plan a murder. Like, yeah, it is a murder. Um, but the train will be going by. Nobody will hear. Right. I'll do this at this time. I'll yeah. bring the CD over at that time. It's that's so, so sad. And there it is. That's I said in the intro. Second leading cause is is intimate partners. You know what I mean? It's well, like people kill themselves over love. They that is the thing that they say that they're killing themselves over. But it, with him. There had to have been other things at play there. I mean, well, sure. had to have been. Sure. We've all felt that way about a person who doesn't love us back, and we feel that heart sick, but he clearly had other things going on, but sure. blamed her. So ever I mean, it was But it brings it brings us back to the it brings us back to the initial question that I, that I I was talking about at the beginning was is it that far away? That's my whole thing. That's my whole thing. We could say he had other things going on, mm-hmm. and that's clear what drove him to do it. But then that would mean everybody, you could say that about anybody yeah. for no matter what their reason was, which would mean that everybody that ever committed suicide has mental illness, which might be true. But the, on the Henry Phillips episode, we talked about how um, there are scientific studies that say uh, one day they'll be able to trace all, potentially be able to, to pinpoint the reason for all crime as being some malfunction in the person's brain. Uh, so right. any person that murders, it's because this is off in the brain, yeah. blah, 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 blah. So look, maybe that will be proven too about suicide or whatever. But my point is, is that's a maybe. The other maybe is it's always there. It's always just kind of tucked. I mean, look, we've talked, so far already tonight, we've thought about it. Not to say it doesn't mean we're suicidal, but we've thought about it. Yeah. We've thought about how you would do it. Yeah. We've thought about the bad ways to do it. Yeah. Maybe it is just there. Maybe it's just the domino effect. You just need the right chain of events to fall. Yeah. And then you go, fuck it, I'm going for it. I don't know. Maybe that's not it. I mean, I've had to make like a deal with myself that I won't do it because I feel like I make it to a point that's like, I want to do it and I'm going to do it but I've already made a promise to myself, you don't get to do it. That's pretty intense. Yeah, like, because I've never, I've been close to that, pretty close, but it has been many, many years since that. Sure. So, But I don't know if that black cloud is going to come across again, but I've, I'm not allowed to do it because I just, not because of me or because I, I don't want to die or because I have something to live for, but more because it's just a shitty thing to do to other people and the the wake of a dis- you leave a disaster in your wake 
You do leave a disaster in your way. It always kind of bothers me, though, that the whole thing about the other people. I know. It, I always feel like that's a very, I feel like that's a, a, a great example of how inherently selfish people really are. Yeah, it's about that, me. Yeah, they make their suicide, they make your suicide about them. And sometimes you're just you like, know? I'm so sad that I just want, some people have, a, I, I do believe some people who commit suicide know from a very young age, like, this is how I'm going to go. I want to, they have a death wish and they're going to get it done. Have you ever seen The Bridge? No, what's the bridge? Oh my God, have you seen the bridge? Oh my God. Okay, it is. Um, they filmed the Golden Gate Bridge for a year. Oh I've yeah, all this. the people that jumped yeah. off. I heard about this. I haven't seen. And it. And I mean, they they doc. So they like for those of you who haven't seen it, they these filmmakers went to the to, went to San Francisco, like the government, and were like, "We're going to film the bridge. We're doing a documentary about the bridge." And they were like, "Sure, film it all you want." So they filmed it for twenty four seven for like months and months. And they know statistically that one person per whatever month or couple weeks jumps off. So they knew that they would get some footage if they just filmed it 24 hours a day. And they did. They got people in the final moments of their lives, like walking back and forth and, and kind of looking around and either questioning about to do it, didn't do it, came back hours later. And they caught a bunch of, they filmed a lot of people ending their lives. And then they went back. And they interviewed family members of these people. But they didn't stop any of the people? No, because a lot of the filming happened when there weren't people manning the cameras. I think it was just kind of set up. And I mean, that was another, I think that they intentionally did it that way because they were like, we can't have this on our hands. Like, No, we'll just tape it. <laughs> we're the, just going to tape it and sell it. But there's no blood on our hands. Yeah. Yeah, but well, and this is I'm glad they did. I think it it was just it was an eye opening thing. It was it was fucking nuts because then they go back and some of these people had tried so many times to do it and they kept failing. It's like they it's like us trying to make it in this business. Like if our my goal, like for me to have a talk show is my goal. It'd be like for me to kill myself is my goal. And I keep failing and I'm getting so close and other I keep seeing other people being able to do it and I can't do it. And it's like their goal yeah. and they're it's they're meant to do it. Yeah. They just. And when the, this one guy has this like really long hair and it's just, you've seen it. And it's, he's standing on the bridge and it's just blowing in the wind. And it's almost like beautiful. He's finally like at that moment where he's like, I'm doing it and I'm ready. And I'm like, and you're like almost happy for him. It's really weird because then they interview his family and it's just, you've seen what a struggle it is for him to live every day. Right. How painful it is to be as depressed as he is. And you're like, good. Well, <laughs> do it. That's the... Uh, I urge the listeners. Don't, I have a different oh, stance. Don't no, no. kill yourself. <laughs> Listen, Please don't kill yourself. But here's the thing: feel free to express yourself. Like, don't I yeah. don't I don't want you to feel like I'm judging you by what I'm. Oh about yeah, to say. no, I don't. I I'm just expressing my personal mm -hmm. stance. I don't think you should do it. I don't think you should ever do it, uh, unless maybe you're uh, the euthanasia thing, or or you're you're right. just so sick and it's it's unfixable, and yeah. you're just in literally in agony and pain every day. Then I understand, I I would understand somebody doing it, but just I just feel like man, like no matter why don't how, do it because I feel like no matter how listen, we've talked about this on the podcast before too. You can be I understand that you can be born in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. And my go-to example is always, if you think that's not true, you're a black guy and you were born during slavery. There it is. Literally just the shittiest Long time for you to be born. Yeah. And a woman in Africa, in sub-Saharan Africa right now. There you go. Exactly. That's one. Yeah. A kid in the blood diamond regions. Yeah. Or what, there's like, it's just, 
you ju- there that's an absolute possibility that you are born into a hell. Um, so I'm going to use that as the exception to my rule. Uh, I understand that there are some situations that are theoretically inescapable yeah. or in, you, you just can't fix them or, or get out of them. However, without taking those exceptions into account, I'd say the average person, no matter how shitty your life is, there's a way to make it better. Yeah. There is. There just is. I know so many people that are so accepting of and endearing toward people that are, quote, misfits, unquote, or outcasts, or whatever you want to call them. Um, there, I, I know so many places that hire people like that, especially yeah. in this day and age where, like, being awkward and being the nerd or, or, the, or the weirdo is, like, cool now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but my point is, is, like... I don't think... I just feel like even if you're even if all you could get was the job at the gas station, you know what I mean? Like, let's say that was the best thing you could do ever was get the job at the gas station, cleaning out the dumpsters behind it or whatever. Like nobody would hire you. That's it. Minimum wage. It's not that challenging, whatever it is to me, you could still have that job in some place where you could live a decent life like there mm-hmm. you you could still have friends okay here's here's where i'm going to jump in i disagree with you because i don't think it has anything to do with like if you're a misfit or you just don't belong or if you're just like i i was born at the wrong time i think that there are people who are so depressed that anything anything good that comes into their life they won't feel they're not they can't it's it's constant pain. But and that's anguish. mental illness. That's mental illness. Okay, so that's well then yeah. Well then That's different. But but still there's ways to I guess yes. if you're uninsured there aren't really ways to fix it. You know? And uh, sometimes there are people that have bit and I'm not advocating killing yourself if you're really depressed. Like I think try everything before that, but I I don't I don't look down I not that you look down upon people who kill themselves, but I there's something about it to me. Because I, I felt that depressed before. And if that was something that I could not get out of, I would have done it. Right. A hundred percent. Because it's, br- being that depressed is so brutal. It's just, it's like you have a, it's like you have a, a terminal illness. It's just like. Sure. Yeah. You no. know, and it's just, yeah. I, I, I get it. I get why people do it. Because if you've tried, every, if you've tried every medication, talk therapy, and you've been in and out of mental wards and all that stuff. Just like, fuck, like, what else am I... You just want yeah, out. No, that's true. I mean, look, you, you can be born with bad wiring that technology yeah. is just unable to fix at this point. Absolutely. Um, that's why it's such a tough call. That's why it's such a tough call. I mean, I always feel like... I always feel like... I don't know. I can't put myself in the shoes of somebody in that state. I, I would think like, oh, well then... I mean, I'd rather live in a goddamn home and like, but but, but that's home, not an option for a lot sad. of people. Sure, you'd yeah. still feel the way you feel in that home. You wouldn't want to get out of bed. You, it would take every ounce of your energy to eat. You just don't care about anything. You just don't want to live. I, you know what I'm, I, you know what I'm basing a lot of this on is like, often you'll go to a mall or something, and you'll see like a group of people that are clearly on some sort of outing uh-huh. from a facility of some kind, right? You know, and 
they're people that clearly have mental issues and I'm always I always find it so endearing because like they're dressed up like it's like you could tell they put on their Sunday best yeah to go to the food court at mm-hmm. the mall and they're just hanging out with each other and they have like their sort of unique rapport with each other and like they're just sort of this really uh, um, different example of like a crew of people you know they're a clique in their own way and I see that and I'm just like man like there you go it's right there like those are those that's a group of people that the that potentially the average person by society standards would have cast aside would have been like you just you're not cut out for this you you're not cut out for friends you're not yeah. cut out for a date you're not cut out for social whatever and there they are they they somehow found each other through a chain of but events it's not about having friends well it's i think having a a, a community of people to go to the mall with that is going to make you not want to kill yourself. Well, I understand that. But, I mean, don't you think there are a lot of cases where people just, <clears throat> I, without, I'm not denying what you're saying at all, without question, there are people that literally just can't get out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. But don't you think there are, for every one of those people, there's a person that can't get out of bed in the morning because they refuse? Yes. There's those. There are those people, too. I just think the people truly in the dark depths, like the dungeon people that can't get out, that literally can't get out, are a much smaller percentage than we realize. That's what I think. Yeah. I think depression has become, uh, uh, look, I suffer from it. Yeah. And when I say suffer, I'm using the term suffer very loosely. <laughs> you know? How does it manifest itself in you? In me, um, I get very bitter towards the, the world. You know, I, I, I get, you know, I'm currently seeking, I'm done with therapy, I think. Um, Maybe you're done with the therapist you were seeing. I've seen so many. I know. And it's the same cycle every time. And I'm just, my, my, there's a great quote in um, uh, Woody Allen, uh, anything else, where he says, um, he's talking to Jason Bateman in the movie and he says, uh, Jason Bateman's talking about how he's in therapy. And uh, Woody Allen goes, I'm telling you, throughout this life, there will be no shortage of people that say they can assist you, priests and therapists and shaman. Uh, And of course, it's going to cost you a couple of bucks. Um, But let me tell you something. None of them can help you because life is what it is. When I first heard that quote, it it literally, I stopped going to therapy. Like yeah, it's an easy dime. out. I was just like, I'm done. I'm not going anymore. Well, that's it. That's because he was telling you, he was telling you what you wanted to hear. But I went back after that. Okay. And I found, and I went back very open minded. Um, but I found it to be the same experience. I find therapy to continue. I'm getting to a greater point. Uh, no. But uh, I, I find therapy to, to continually be the same experience for me, which is, well, if I just vent to a friend every week, I feel about the same. There's no real. I mean, unless you're going into Freudian therapy or cognitive or something that's got a really strict program uh, or very well, I strict. See, I feel like based. I l- leave with tools and a different outlook that help me become a better person. I feel like I've, and I say this without arrogance, could I justify one more fucking sentence coming out of my mouth tonight? Uh, but I, I uh, <laughs> or qualify, uh, whatever the word is, I'm qualifying the justification now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um the um 
I, I feel that I have given people advice that's like my parent. I give my parents advice, and they'll go, and then they finally went to, like they've gone to therapy and stuff, and they've said to me like, "It's like we're sitting in the room talking to you." He's saying all the things to us that you've said to us. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, well, if I'm able to be just a little insightful about life yeah. uh, and, and pick up things as I go and whatever. And certainly I have friends that are yeah. that give me great advice, wonderful advice. I'm like, I find the average therapist not to be that I much. I see what you're saying. That much more uh, astute. Yeah. So like, that's why I say, unless it's like a real program-based therapy, cognitive, like we're, we're undoing patterns or Freudian, you can't look at me for the first six weeks or whatever it is. Then I'm like, okay, I'd be a little more open to that. But the point that I'm getting at is, I'm currently seeking like spiritual advice. Mm. I want to find somebody who's not going to push a religious agenda on me, but just, but, but has like a spiritual background, you know, I'll be a priest or a rabbi, somebody like that, um, that I can just sit and talk with and just discuss life, culture, the world. That's what I want right now because the little bullshit, the day-to-day, all that stuff, I'm done with it. Like, that's not what gets me depressed. What's get, what gets me depressed is the worldview, is when I look out at the landscape and I go, what is the point? Because look at the evils. Look at the selfishness. Look at the rat race and the game and the and way it's structured. And we're all going to die How anyway. can you win? And we're all going to die, and then you're just dead maybe. And what? It, but doesn't that give you... That's what anxiety you know. isn't that anxiety? I mean, I guess it, they're tied well, together. Anxiety and depression. Are well, yeah, it's, I suffer hand. terribly from anxiety. Yeah, I hate my anxiety. Oh man! Um, all I want to do is just get a prescription to Xanax and just pop them whenever I want. Um, but they're you know I don't want to start a habit. So, right. but I hate my anxiety. Uh, it wakes me up almost every morning. But my depression. Your anxiety wakes you up. Oh, I wake up with stomach aches and. Yeah, and I worry. And what's like your wor- what's your what's your worry today? What woke you up? Like what's going on? I can't even exp- I'm just fascinated by It's another it's just it's just a constant anxiety that's that's built up by a lot of different components. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's often money, it's often my future, um my career, am I going to die alone? Um am I doing enough? Am I far enough along in my career at my age? Is it ever going to happen, like really happen, where I can just kind of settle and exhale and go, yeah, okay. me, me, me. <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's a bunch of me shit, yeah. You know, am I yeah. ever going to be able to have kids? Will I ever be selfless, selfless enough to have children? Yeah. Um, those are like the immediate things. What, what am I going to do when my parents die? They're, I wake up a lot um, and, and like I want to call my parents like in the middle of the night sometimes mm. because I'm like, my God, they're 65. Like, yeah. they're not going to be here forever. Like, what am I going to do? Who, where should I move when my parents die if I don't have family? Like, like where, what do I do? Like, I think about shit like that. I, I start to plan out, like, my Christmases. My God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I'll spend them with my extended family, my yeah, aunts so and uncles it out. that I love very much and that love me. But, like, I'll, I, like, plan things out like that. I'm like, well... If worse came to worse, I could move to Atlanta, and that's where my friends Jim and Jess live, and I could spend Christmas with them every year. They'd like that. I'd like that. You know, like I, I think like that. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, 
and then I get, and then that's, and then I get into these moods where um, I look. Today was a what I call fat day, because <laughs> every time I look in the mirror, I I'm disgusted by myself. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So like, I look in the mirror and I'm just like, you fucking fat fuck. You know what I mean? And I get disgusted. Like I'll have that a lot. On days where like I'll go clothes shopping or something, like I'll I'll go to buy a shirt, mm-hmm. and um, in the dressing room I'll get it. I'll look in the mirror and be like, ugh. and I'll do that. I'll be uh, out loud. I'll be like, ugh, fucking disgusting. Yeah. And then I'll think, why am I even exercising? It's not doing anything, right. even though it is. Yeah, it does. Like I'm just like, I'm not fucking doing anything. It's fucking stupid. And then like I start getting angry at everybody. Everybody that makes small talk with me, I'm annoyed. Do you like yourself? Uh, I have a very love-hate relationship with myself. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm like, Mar- I'm, I, I, I'm to me, I'm Sharon Stone <laughs> in Casino. Like, if you ever saw that movie, like, I'm married to myself. I think I'm like the hottest shit around. I'm yeah. like, yeah, look at me, everybody, look what I got. But then I'm also driving myself crazy and destroying myself, and I need to quit myself. It's it's a really terrible. Terrible uh, love-hate thing that yeah. I have with myself. What about you? Do you love yourself? That is, um, no, no. I, I, we were, we had dinner last night, and you were like, all I ever hear you say is like, I'm. <laughs> you like spelled it out for me. It's so funny when people do impressions of me or like kind of put a mirror up to myself. I'm sure. like, oh, I'm really um self-hating and really. I mean, I do that all the time in the mirror of just like. Look at you. What do you, you like youth? Like, I, and, but I've, I've realized through therapy that days when I feel ugly or fat or whatever, it's because I'm depressed. And that's just the first thing I go to because right. it's the thing that I feel I have some kind of control over. Right, right. Yeah. I can not eat or I can exercise or I can put on makeup. Like, there's something I can do about it. Sure. Whereas if my career, I don't feel is even though that's much more easy for me to control in terms of like I could get work done and feel good about myself. I just don't do it's too hard to do that. Yeah, I, the that's exactly why the career stuff freaks me out even more. Yeah. The things out of my control are the ones that get me terribly. <sighs> I don't I'm obviously a bit of a control freak. You know that about me. We've had arguments about it. Um but like I'm I'm a very like hands-on guy. I like to be like I'm controlling this. I you know and I don't like question marks and if factors and maybes and you I like don't like plans. It. I like plans. Yeah. It's one of the hardest things about television writing for me. Is oh, because there's no <laughs> there's no plan. I mean there's a plan. Oh, it bugs me so much too. <laughs> I want to know when the wrap it like I want to know when I'm going to be walking out. Yeah, I, I like to know a schedule as well. And yeah, it's, it's really frustrating. Yeah, like a, like a rewriting process to me is like, what, what, what are we? I, well, we did it. We did it once. It's good. I think it's you know like, or like specifically tell me what needs to be rewritten. Like you know what I mean? Like I can deal with yeah. that. I can deal with somebody saying I need a better joke right here. Yeah, but like abstract stuff, which is a, what a lot of television writing is, like sort of like we're not nailing the point. Stuff like that. It's like. I it it gives me anxiety. I completely agree with you. You know, it's too broad. Yeah, which writing, which is why writing for TV has been a great lesson for me, like a personal lesson, because it caused it forced me to be like, 
I'm not in control. I'm part of a group. Yeah. Because with stand-up, I just, you know, I mean, it's with stand-up, it's cost, it's without a doubt in stand-up at times, it has cost me money. I mean, it's cost me gigs because I have freaked out on stage i've yelled I've, there was a club in new york i was banned from for like a year really because I, now granted the crowd was acting like fucking they were acting like complete assholes and nobody was doing anything but my reaction to that Wait, was this the one i saw that scott moran taped no that was nothing that was unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> that was a walk through the park uh <laughs> there was a, my friend scott moran uh, uh or our friend scott moran does a, a web series called um, Modern, Comedian. Modern Comedian. I dedicated the second disc of my last album to Scott Aww. because he inspired. We did an episode where he caught me freaking out at a lady that heckled me on stage, and we went through. We rewatched it, and he re recorded me rewatching it. It was one of the literally hardest it's things so I ever good. had to yeah. do. And um, and the reason my I have this CD out where uh, called You Will Die, where the second disc is a bad show. And I say it on the intro of the disc, like, thank you, Scott Moran, because you, you inspired me to put this in the spotlight yeah. instead of hiding it, which is true. Um, but that, if you ever watched that episode, it's awkward. Uh, but that's That was nothing. nothing. I've never had anything happen to me, like what happened to you in that video, and I can't believe. I, I flipped out at a club. There used to be, I won't name the club, but there's a, there was a club in New York. It's not there anymore. And... I flipped. I'm talking like, like you fucking cocksuckers. Get fucking AIDS and die. All of you, you pieces of fucking shit. You deserve to crash into fucking walls on your way home tonight. Like literally like that. Insane, blind fucking Why? rage. They were just standing up and heckling and being drunk and yelling. Mm -hmm. Like they were being terrible. Yeah. But I lost my shit because it was, it was, the perfect storm of you you are not in control right now at all. Yeah. And instead of just taking that with grace and exhaling and just being like, I'm not in control of this. They're acting crazy. Like yeah. I'll just I'll just fucking sit here and let them yell at me. Who cares? Then I right. can't get in trouble. Who cares? Just sit you try here. to control it. I tried to control it. And like and then I can't control it. So then I get angry anxious and then I can't control that. So then I get angry. You know, and then the wave of depression hits after. Um, and Mike DiStefano, before he died, obviously, was the one that told me, um, this was years and years ago. He was the one that sat me down and was like, Joe, I, I've seen you do this a lot, buddy. And he's like, I used to do that too. You got to stop. It never feels good, does it? He goes, in the moment, it feels pretty good. But afterwards, it doesn't feel good. Oh, really? It? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, you're right. It feels terrible. It feels like... Oh, a, so you do, it's like a hangover. It's like a drug. It's like, yeah, you get this rush, a strange sort of euphoric rush from playing into your rage, and then you leave the club, and you're like, what am I doing? Like, you're, you, you feel ugly. You feel ugly. And then the worst thing you can ever feel as a comedian is, is that moment where you go... This isn't what comedy's supposed to be. Mm. Why is that happening? Yeah. You know what I mean? So then you get depressed. And those were some of my darkest moments. Those were the moments where I would think things I, I I don't think I was ever truly suicidal, but like those were the moments when I would start to think things like, What's the fucking point? Yeah. That's when I start to get into what's the point. Yeah. And once you start getting into what's the point territory, that's a slippery slope. Yeah. 
That's yeah. a different, see, that's a different, so I've never felt like, what's the point? I felt actively like, you don't deserve to be alive. You're worthless. Like, it, it, it's more like, at, there's a point to all of this, and you don't belong in it. You don't deserve it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like, I feel like, and, and thankfully, I haven't felt that way in so long, because I'm I'm going to therapy, and it's it's working for me, but like, because I have to, like, learn how to, like, feel like I'm good enough to be here or to live. And my therapist's whole thing is like, because sometimes I'll be like, and, and you know, like I'm doing pretty good for myself. I'm, I'm pretty great. And she's like, you're not great. You're ordinary. And that's enough. That's really good. And advice. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm not ordinary. Like that's, that, that goes against everything we are as comics. <laughs> we told we're ordinary. Right. And that that's enough. She's like, you're no better than anyone. You're no worse than anyone. The homeless woman on the street, you're the same as her as you are That's Beyonce. Great. And I'm like, have you seen Beyonce? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the same as Beyonce. And she's like, you're the same as Beyonce. And I just, I, I, I have a problem like uh, feeling worthy when I, especially in this business where youth and beauty as a woman, yeah. and I could say in this business, but I think if I were a housewife, I would still be watching, reading all the tabloids and feeling in totally inferior. Right. I think I have to stop uh, reading tabloids because I feel like it really does make oh me feel like less God. of a person. You have to. Isn't that insane? But you like, have to. But I enjoy it so much because I think it's like cutting. It like makes me feel like you're not as thin as her. You never will be. I Fuck I you. I stopped I stopped looking at all that stuff a yeah. long time ago. I used to I used to have this terrible uh, guilty pleasure of reading Us Weekly. I, I love read, it. Yeah, I used to read it. Oh God, this is seven. It's got to be seven Months years ago. ago. <laughs> yeah, seven days ago. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I, I, probably seven years ago or so. It was I remember when I was relatively new in New York and I was training back to Philly a lot, and I would. <laughs> um, I would I would always get it for the train. I loved it. I loved reading it. That would be it. so funny to see you reading in Us Weekly. I would just assume you found it or something and were just bored. <laughs> Did you make it look like that? Like, no, no I, I guess I, I'll read this. I loved reading it, and then people thought it was funny that I read it, so I enjoyed that. And But, like, I didn't read it ironically. I just liked reading it. I liked making fun of it. Yeah. But I liked reading it. There was something really fun about like flipping through it and the the, the graphics and it's like so mindless and yeah be like it's just yeah there's yeah. Just something about it that is obviously very appealing to me but i think that i i real i targeted recently the the source of a lot of my self-hate and depression it's because you know, I'm never going to look like a Kardashian. Well, and I don't want to most days I don't want to. But then there are some days yeah. that I'm like, well, that's what that's what people want. And if I don't look like that, then what's what well, I'm that's, worthless. That's why I stopped looking at that stuff, because that stuff is as bad for guys as it is for I, women. I totally agree. And, yeah. um, and, you know, it's like girls, you know, we get as upset by seeing pictures of like Ryan uh, Gosling as you do as yeah. seeing pictures of Kim Kardashian or whatever. So like. Or at least is intimidated, um, but like I st stopped reading it for that reason. I made a very, very hard decision around that time to start removing things like that from my life. That's I was so like, good. I don't want to be part of that world or that mindset. So I stopped reading magazines. I think like I have that. to quit it. Like people quit porn. Like I really do. It's a it thing that I look similar. at every day. I, like I'll just go to it. Daily no. Mail. That UK, whatever, and I, I read can't. it every day. I can't do it. I would, I would be, I would be terrible 
I'm I glad think, that that is, like, is something that's relatable because I felt I feel crazy that I have to quit that because it's like, what's wrong with you that you can't handle looking at that without making yourself feel like shit? It's a feed. It's a feed, and it, it, it's it's a feed of mindless stuff. It's a feed of mindless information about mostly really reproachable people. Yeah. Uh, and and it glorifies undignified qualities. All right, like, I'm gonna quit. There's just but. It'll it'll go away piece by piece. Like for me, it was like first I got rid of that stuff, mm-hmm. then I stopped with cable. I was or reality, t- or then I stopped with like reality TV. Then I stopped with cable. Then like now, like my new thing is like I won't go on a lot of website news websites anymore. Like I'm, tr- I try to find very. Um, I look specifically or for, for specific types of things for news the websites. Yeah, because I was like I'm sick of this. I'm not fucking looking at the news. To find out what the fucking bachelor did last night. I don't care. I know. Like I, I want to know like what I need to know, and you know as much as I don't want to read like a strictly political driven news website, I also don't want to read one that's filled with entertainment fodder. I love how we get from suicide to tabloids. Well, it's so <laughs> it's related though. It is. It's related. It's 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 a mindset that it puts you into where it's an impossible. It's an impossible brass ring to to attain, like what these what these tabloids present to you. I know you can't you can't attain it. It's a it's it's a but like here's the other thing too, and this is and again I think we talked about this on the Henry Phillips episode. There's such a great Zappa quote where he talked about why they played sort of quote substandard unquote music on the radio. Um, he said because it's good for morale. You work in a factory. You don't want to wake up in the morning and hear Stravinsky on the radio and be like, that guy's a millionaire. I can't do that. <laughs> Fuck going to the factory. There's no point. You want to wake up and hear some stupid dipshit band and know that they're millionaires and go, I could do that. And then you go to the factory because you think it's attainable. It's, But it's not fucking attainable. That's the thing. But they we're... Will- Joe, we're close. We're in this business. It's attainable for us to be millionaires. But the sure, that's absolutely fathomable. But that's not a good goal to have. It's not a good goal. I don't care what anybody oh, says. Oh, yeah. It's not a good goal. It's if it happens, great. If it doesn't, whatever. Mm-hmm. You got to do what you love to do. For oh, I know your that living. none of this will make me happy. It's that's well, the, yeah. that's the sad thing. Like I'm certain of it. But you you will never be Lindsay Lohan. You just yeah. won't. I, that's a bad example. No one wants to be Lindsay Lohan now. But you but know yes. what I mean. Yes. You won't be her. It's like I will never be uh, 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 Ashton Kutcher. Right. You know what I mean? We will never know. be these I people. Know. It's Nobody will. But we look at them and go, they're regular. Okay. I could be that guy. And it's like, no, you can't. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's why you keep feeding. And off the, but of it. that's what makes me depressed. Is like, why can't I? Why would you want to be? And that's the that's the hustle of it, because they make you think that you want it. You don't want that. You really no, don't want that. Of course you don't. They're no. not even happy. It's, exactly. Well, yeah. Whether they are or not, you don't want it. But how do you know that? Because you don't. I know you enough as a human being. And I know your your tastes and and your what you admire and things like that. You don't want to be that. You don't want to be the per. You don't want to be the person that's on camera twenty four hours no, a day. No, but and, I want and celebrated for some shitty fucking movie that I you made. I want Jennifer or Aniston's body though. 
and I'll never not you want that. Have Jennifer Aniston's Thank you. body? They, no, but I, <laughs> but I want it when I'm 45. Like I'm already worried about that, and that's already depressing me. Well, that's just that's physical stuff. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm not. About. I'm not talking about the, fa- I, the fame and stuff. I've already made peace with like that. I'm never gonna be Jennifer you, Aniston. You listen. You very well see. I think you could conceivably be a Jennifer Aniston type. Okay, but that's not what those magazines are feeding you. Right, they're feeding me. She's one part of it. Jennifer Aniston's always like, want to be friends with Chelsea. She can't life. figure it out. That's always the way they portray her. Yeah. I feel so bad for her. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like Aniston bloopers, and then like the rest of it is like you know. Yeah. Putting like these fucking reality dipshits up on a pedestal. I know. But How did we get so far off course? I'm sorry. We're not that far off course. We're okay. talking about what we're talking about. We're what talking makes about suicide. Us all feel depression like depression fuels it. We fuels don't depression. deserve to be alive. Here's what's so interesting to me is that you said that your whole take on things behind closed doors is I don't deserve to be a part of it. My whole take behind closed doors is. What the fuck are they all doing, and why don't they accept me? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you know what I mean. Very different takes. Here's what's so interesting to me about that, though. They manifest themselves. Those are two opposite takes. Yeah. And then those completely two opposite, opposite takes manifest themselves publicly in completely opposite ways. Because I would say, without question, you are a twenty times more confident person publicly than I am. I am a very like. I'm. I'm not saying I'm not confident ever, but like. I'm a sort of sheepish guy. I'm always waiting for the pat on the back. I say bye to everybody four times. Uh-huh. You know, like I don't walk into the I room, know. see the person directly go to the. You walk in, you you kind of have a strut. You're you're confident. You know what I mean? And you'd think that it would be flipped. You'd think the person that feels like you would be going, oh, please, somebody in public, and I would be the person going. Fuck you! I got this. Yeah, and we're not. We're the that exact opposite. Weird. Yeah, very weird. Yeah, people. Whenever I open up about how I really feel about myself, people are often like, "Wait, you like you?" And, and I, I mean, I don't even know that. I, I mean, I work on being confident. I always like look at someone like Schumer, and I'm like, I wish I could just <laughs> operate like she does. Yeah, yeah. She likes herself. Yeah. As she should. Yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't let people walk all over her and she doesn't seek to let like yeah. to, for people to like her. Right. Don't already like her or like she doesn't care. Right. That is what I aspire to achieve. Right. Yeah. I, it's it's I've said it to Amy very recently. In fact, that like one of the things I admire about her is that she does everything on her own ter- on her own terms. And I know some people are probably thinking. Well, that's easy when you're famous, Mm-mm. but it's like she was always like always. That. She was always just straight up like I remember she was just like, I'm not fucking moving to L.A. Like like when everybody was saying, yeah. Amy, you should really go to L.A. now. She was like, I'm not fucking going. No, like, no, tough shit. And somehow has the confident ability to make everybody else feel like, are we fucking up? Yeah. Why? Amy said it should be like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's an amazing quality to have. Yeah. I certainly do not have it. She just, I, I just respect someone who doesn't care if someone doesn't like them. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and I try every day to get better at it, but it, it eats it, It's at very me. hard. But it I think we, we slowly are getting better. Slowly. I think as you get older, you just stop caring what people, I mean, that's the best part about getting older, I think. Uh, yeah. Is that you stop caring? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, Theoretically, yeah. theoretically. I mean, my biggest problem is is that I always want justice. 
You know, when somebody doesn't like me, I need to sit them down and talk to them about. I know why. it's like why you it. you need to yell at hecklers. I, I, yeah. With hecklers for me, I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm not really funny tonight. I really do. I feel that way. Like they're right. They give me the dumbest, drunkest cunt, and I'm like, she's got a point. I really yes. am. I'm not my. I'm not as good as I could be tonight. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's definitely a part of. You in that Verizon store that one time when I was on the phone with you? I've never, seen, I've never heard anything like it. Yeah, Nikki and I. Um, that was one of my favorite things that. We, I mean, yeah, you're it was, crazy. <laughs> you're insane. You. I wouldn't do that. That was now. really fun. It was, yeah, it was fun. I was just hanging out in your pocket, like all, you were just holding the phone while I listened to you scream at people in a Verizon store. And I somehow thought. This is a good thing to do in front of the girl that you like. <laughs> they were gonna call me. It was a good thing to do. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying to. I forget what the scenario was. They said if you don't like the phone, you can bring it back, get your money back. And I paid cash and I went into the store. I go, look, I don't like the phone. I want my money back. And they were like, we don't have cash in the store. And I was like, what are you talking about? Who, what store doesn't have cash? And they were just, we don't have cash. And I was like, just give me my cash back, man. But you, you guys don't understand. Joe was, I called him and he's a whole, he's just, I'm just leave, like, leave me on the phone, Joe. I just want to hear this. And I just imagine you with your phone just screaming at these, and sir, we're going to call the cops. Call the cops. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> you were, yeah. they'll be on my side. Yeah. Just, and it was such a, like, there was such mayhem going on in that store. It was I could crazy. just tell that it was like, you, but you just held your ground. You waited for the cops to show up. They never showed up, and I went outside. I was so confident in my stance that <laughs> I went outside and got a cop. I went outside and got a cop, and I was like, <laughs> can you please come in here? Because these people, and I explained the whole situation, and he was like, yeah, that's not really like a crime that a beat <laughs> cop handles. He's like, that's like, a, that's like a business bureau issue, like getting your money back. <laughs> we can't, like, arrest the Verizon lady for their policy. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. But like what the I don't do that anymore. Like I, You I, really don't How do you not do that anymore? That was so a part of you. I just had to work on it. I've I cost me things. It cost me like <laughs> that behavior cost me work. Mm -hmm. At times it cost me relationships without question. Um it just cost me things. It just was like I it just wasn't worth it That's anymore. so good that you stopped doing that. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's weird. My approach is, I used to go into everything looking for a fight. And then somebody finally said to me, if you go in looking for a fight, you're going to get a fight. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I just stopped doing it. Um, and it took it. But I mean, like, recently, like, I bought, okay, uh, I love Amoeba music so much in L.A., the record store. Yeah. I shop there all the time. So recently I bought this. Ennio Morricone box set. He's uh, this composer, famous composer, that does a lot of soundtracks. And I wanted to get into his soundtracks, and I found this box set at Amoeba, and it was $14 for five discs. And it was like the complete spaghetti oh Western God. recordings of yeah. Ennio. And I was like, this is such a perfect starter set. So I was all excited. I buy it. I get home. Not only is it not five discs, like whatever company put it out, I don't know if it was a manufacturing thing or something. It only had three of the discs in it. Okay. It was brand new. It wasn't used. It only had three of the discs in it. And it was not marked anywhere on the box that they were not the original recordings, which they kind of made you think they were. They were just these like 
shitty like midi synth renditions mm -hmm. and i like you know sat on this box set for like weeks like waiting for the perfect time to listening to listen to it and then one night i'm like writing a script and i'm like ooh, this is the time and i put it in and it was just immediately like slap in the face after something <laughs> i was so disappointed now the me of like five years ago okay would have like went into amoeba like they're gonna be fucking dicks, and I'm gonna, you know what I mean? Even though I love the store, there's no reason for me to think You've that already would be just, dicks. You're, I making, just, you're making a fight in your head. Everybody's home. against me. Yeah. Me against the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this time I was just like, and now I was just like, okay, I'm gonna go back to Amoeba, and I'm gonna say, look, I am a really loyal customer here, and here's why it sucks that I bought this, and I don't have a receipt because I trust in your product. And I know you guys didn't try to swindle me by selling me this. It's just unfortunate. And can I just please have a store credit? And that's what I did. And the guy was like, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, next time try to keep your receipt. And I was like, yeah, no problem. You know, but like I just, and I even went as far to think like, okay, if the guy is like, what if the guy is like, tough man, you don't have a receipt? And I felt the little thing in me, like, ooh, ooh, I wish a motherfucker would say it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I felt that. And then I was just like, dude, what are you going to do? You're going to throw a fit inside this store that you love? You're going to yell at the guy inside this cool record store that you like to shop You're gonna in? You're going to feel weird going and by And then, home. like, wear, like, this sounds like a stroke. It's not a stroke. But, like, where, like, employees have known me as a comic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Embarrass yourself like that? Like, don't do that. Just fucking be cool. <laughs> and if he says that, just be like, well, that's really unfortunate. I'm sorry. And it good all worked you. out. Like, but, but yeah, good for me. It, thanks. It took years. That's, that's progress. It took fucking years. That's work. Like, years. I can't. It's so, it was so much work. So much work, you know? But, like. Yeah, you have mellowed out considerably. Considerably, I I, but I mean, like just, now I'm just regular intent. I'm still way more intense than the average person. Yeah, but uh, you shouldn't lose that. I think that's what makes you funny and interesting. Well, yeah, but I well, thanks. I agree. But like the I stuff like, that like gets in, is holding you back from like I think you've nipped it enough that it's you're good. Well, look, if I didn't, I think I would have been like on the suicide block because yeah. you can't go through life like that. You right. Can't go through life thinking. Right. Everybody is out to get you. Yeah. My grandfather died friendless. My mom's father. <gasps> he died friendless because he had the worst persecution complex of anybody yeah. I've ever known. And he thought everybody was yeah. trying to screw him. And he died without one single friend. It's very narcissistic. It's incredibly narcissistic. And you just don't want to be that way. No. And the worst is when someone, and when you go, no, it's not that. No one gives a shit about you. No one's actively trying to bring you down. It's just that no one cares. I know, yeah. And that's even sadder. I think maybe you go to the other way because it's even sadder to think that no one cares. Well, what progress have you made with your struggle? We have opposite struggles. You know, yours is... I try to I try to stop saying things like, you're so stupid. You know, like if I forget something at my apartment and like, I'll just walk down the street and I'll be like, you're such a fucking idiot. You know, like talking to myself like yeah. that. Or remember when I spilled water on my computer and i want i literally oh wanted God. yeah i do i wanted to get hit by a car i wanted to be punished in some way for being so stupid that i would spill 
of glass of water on my brand new computer. I, I remember, remember you were saying like, I don't deserve nice things. I remember yeah. you saying that to me. And I, and I, I felt that way. I remember feeling like you're flawed in some way. And I, I do struggle with that still. I just, I have to keep telling myself that my faults are fine and that we all have them and that I should embrace them and be like, oh, I'm like kind of a messy person. Instead of being like, you're such a fucking piece of shit mess. You're disgusting. You can't mm -hmm. find anything. You're disorganized. You're worthless. I'm just like, oh, so I'm kind of messy. It's like a quirky. I'm trying to like make it so I'm like, that's eh, not so bad. Right. Or I try to, um, I try to just like, I want to be, I, I, thought, I don't think I'm ever going to really be in a relationship where the person can love me until I love myself. And I'm, n I'm getting there, but I don't. And I want that for myself. I want to feel loved and be able to feel loved, but I don't feel like I'll get there until I love myself, which is, I didn't even know I didn't like myself until I got in therapy. And she's like, oh, you hate yourself. Right. It was like crazy to me to hear. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's, yeah, all that stuff is true. How about, do you like, hate yourself? You're all you have. That's what's crazy. I'm like, easy. how did I get here? It's pretty easy. But that's the thing is, is, is discovering that and then working on it. Yeah. So I would say to all of you, listening i mean I, I personally think suicide is the absolute worst solution um but you know look we all go through these thoughts and emotions and we can all feel trapped i would say just work on yourself i think that's a good closing point to get to yeah it's easy to hate yourself it's also easy to think suicide's okay because we so accept it much more than we ever have before. It's mm -hmm. much more socially acceptable than ever before. I don't think this, have, this would have been the same discussion 10 years ago. I really don't, you know. Uh, I think it would have gone in very different directions. I think so too. But I think it's just become so prevalent that we're just like, oh, well, it's a, it's a thing that uh, happens. Well, it's also a rights issue where people feel like, hey, if I want to do it, I can do it. Yeah. And I do certainly agree with that. I don't think it's like a sin or should be illegal. I think if you want to do it, you should be allowed to. I just think, I just, think I just always it. think about my friend David and I'm like, if he would have just not done it, I know, just waited a couple days, it would have felt, it would have been fine. Maybe not fine, but he would have just kept on. It would have just been another thing that you're like, oh God, I'm glad I didn't do that, 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 that I wanted to do. Especially you young people out there. Oh yeah. Think. If you're young, if you're, if you're if you're over thirty, maybe you have a good point. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe give it a try. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, well, the younger you are, I think that like ugh, I, I think about uh, being an eighth grade girl. These girls who hang themselves because there's a picture online of them circulating of them naked because they got drunk at a party. If I would have been in eighth grade and got wasted at a party and got naked and someone took a picture and it was all over, I would have killed myself in a second. I would have been one of those girls. I know it. Right. I know it. It's a horrible, it's a it horrible thing. Because it does get better, and it's a horrible thing because when you're that young, you it's have so scary. You have no way of comprehending what any of it actually means, and you're also fed such a line of bullshit from the beginning that your grades mean this, and, and you have to oh. do this, and this is the only course, and you I'm better so be married, or the house and the kids. Yeah. It's all bullshit. All you have to do is do the thing you want to do, and work on yourself and that's basically all we've been i guess trying to say this whole time i, I wasn't saying that i would have killed myself and that would have been a good thing no, I, I know think that's back, what like, you're saying i just want to be clear like if you're an eighth grade girl and there's pictures of you that are naked pictures 
it doesn't matter who gives a shit. Just keep going. You'll be fine. Everyone right. will forget about it. And I know that sounds like an impossible premise right now yeah. to you, as in, but it's not. Because I remember wetting the bed in third grade and being like, I have to kill myself now because everyone, this will be with me the rest of my life. I remember th- like even thinking about suicide when I was in third grade, like being so embarrassed about that. So I can only imagine if I was sure. in pictures naked with rope all over myself or whatever happens that you're so embarrassed. It gets better. It Find gets your better. path. Work on yourself. And uh, and and that's really what it's about. Let's take like we should take a few questions before. Oh, I didn't know there were questions. We uh, before we uh, end it. I almost said kill it. Bad choice of end words. It. And end it. Bad yeah. Too. Uh, what causes you the anxiety to think about suicide? We already answered that one. That was from at Lee Marie Lee L E M A I R E L E E. This one comes from my friend Eric I Comedy. Do you think that unrealistic, he's at, at Eric I Comedy. I know Eric I. Yeah, do you think that unrealistically high expectations we place on ourselves significantly contribute to ideations, which are thoughts, ideations are thoughts about suicide? Uh, yes, and I think that yeah, we is what we that. discuss with Us Weekly. Hell yeah. Uh, this comes from it. at Steve Austin, 89. How did she keep it together during your relationship? <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't even a relationship. I mean, I know, it was it? like... It's just a funny question. <laughs> how did I keep it, it was, together? It was light dating. It was, it was so light dating that I just didn't understand. Was It was it, it was a fun... It was a romp, I'd refer to it as. <laughs> it was a romp. It's. I think people think... I mean, I think... Yeah, they think we were like in a relationship. Yeah, and I think people think it was more serious. At least the... At least my lovely fans... Uh, think it was more serious because I think they've seen the web series. Yeah, and the web series, it's like a, it's like people in like a real relationship. Right. We just, you know, I don't even know if you'd call it dating. We would get we would subway get, sandwiches at like eleven p.m. and watch TV. We would get drunk <laughs> and have sex and then hang out all day. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was, it was so super fun. fun. Yeah, real drunk, tasty delight the next morning. <laughs> yes. Trips to like. Urban Outfitters a lot. Remember that? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, it was super fun. <laughs> um, all right, this one comes from S underscore dot underscore V. Uh, what does your lowest feel like? How bad can it get? We 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 talked about that. Yeah. Where, where our lows come from? I'm just still reading the questions that we've already sort of answered because I appreciate you guys writing in. Yeah, that's nice. Thank you. Um, and we I apologize that we can't get to everybody. Um. This is another one from Steve Austin, 89. Do you think it's selfish or cowardly if someone opts out? Um, we, we talked about that. No, no, it's just a shame sometimes. Um, and there are other options and other courses of action to take. Um, let's see here. Uh, when are you back in New York, Joe? Okay. Thank you, Jeff. It's not about suicide. Uh, but Jeff, maybe he's timing his. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, is that? I hope that's not suicide related. Jeff Elo, <laughs> I'll be back in July. Uh, um, uh, any, this is from the Indigi, which is I N D. Oh yeah, I, I know that person or from Twitter. Okay, this is for real though. Any suicide attempts, even if they were just cries for help? No, I never attempted ever. No. Um. Uh, this is. F- from Irish whiskey, 
uh, W-I-S-S-K-Y. Uh, okay, I know you're not going to, but why did you want to? I, I, I think we kind of covered that, right? Yeah. Maybe not? Oh, look at this. Bill Burr. Bill oh. Burr writes in a question. No oh, way. Bill Burr. How would you complete the task? We kind of talked about that, but we never really yeah, answered Yeah, we never. It. Okay. I would do, um, I, I have to say, I wanted to make this point. I fantasize about suicide a lot, and I enjoy that. Like when I'm feeling really, if I'm in a depression, right, which I get hit by one, I'd say once a month, right before my period, a couple of days, I get like one real bad day, right. And when I'm like in it and like in my room and in the dark during the day or whatever, however I cope with it, I like to just like think about it, right. Like what I would do, it just like little glimmers, not like go through the whole process, but I just, uh, I think about a gun. I just fast. I just the fastest way. I would never do gun because it can go wrong in a lot of ways. Sure. In a lot of ways. And you could still, uh, uh, gum, it makes my blood run cold. But I wouldn't do it because I would feel so bad about the person who would find me, who oh, found Jesus. me. So I put like a note outside my room to be like, hey, this is what's going on in there. Don't let, like, be ready for it. Go get the, like, I would, I've thought about this a lot. But also, I always think like, oh, I gotta clean my room, and so like, I I would be embarrassed to what state, like you know, there's too much prep. Right. It's another reason to never do it. I'd be like, oh God, I gotta like take things to goodwill and like give away like, right. it's, it's a lot of work. I I'd go I'm pills all the way. Yeah. I think I could muscle through it. Um, that's the way I would do it. I always say as a joke though, auto erotic asphyxiation. Because I feel like if you're gonna go out, there's no better one last fuck you to the world mm-hmm. than clean this mess up. <laughs> Start thinking of a story because you're not gonna want to tell them what really happened. Um, thank you, Bill. Um, That's cool. That is cool. Um, here's this is from at Alex Y Barra B A R R A Barra Ibarra. Oh, duh. I'm so dumb. I was. <laughs> How was suicide invented? You really think I do research for these things, don't you? No clue. Uh, wasn't. I don't think it was invented either. I think it's just. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like there was a guy kept trying to figure it out. I've discovered. It. I'm dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just go. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. I love it. Uh, this is from <laughs> at Jesse Manor. Should Rich Voss kill himself? <laughs> no, absolutely. No, not. he has a wife and kids, and he's also one of my favorite people that's that ever too. lived. Um, oh, Nate Craig, our good friend Nate Craig, hey. hilarious comic. I love Nate. At Nate Craig one, follow him. Um, and one is just the number, not the word. What's the messiest way to kill yourself? Oh, we beat you to it, Craig. It's the gun. Um, oh, splat. Yeah, it's gross. Um, let's Sidewalk. See. Just a couple more. Um, uh, how would you complete? The, uh, okay. I love the, how many comedians wrote to you on this. I think we all. Two? <laughs> um, no, three. Three. Eric, That's, Nate, cool. that's a lot for, and Bill. I don't yeah, know. I think that's kind of a lot. I actually, I know. I just, I just, I just, he would. <laughs> what? Somebody wrote. <laughs> Somebody responded to Bill. How would you commit the act? Mm-hmm. And Jesse underscore Manor wrote back. He'd watch the Heat, <laughs> which is a movie. You that hate Bill's that movie. In. 
No, oh. it's just it's oh, just yeah, a it's funny a, swipe at Bill. I, I actually really thought that movie was so funny. Yeah, I honestly did. I'm not saying that to be like diplomatic. No, everyone thought it was funny. I thought it was really, really fucking funny. I don't know anyone who did. I, I thought Bill was great in it, and I loved um, uh, Melissa McCarthy in it. It's just so funny. That's just such yeah, a that's funny a great, slam to it's me. It's a great burn. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> that really made me laugh. Um, now people are actually writing questions to Bill <laughs> via Twitter. We're going to skip those. Um, we already did a lot of these people. One more question. One more question. Um, uh, okay, this comes from my friend at popup82, Sleepy Pop-Tart. No question, but you may want to share the following info. You never know. Oh, this is actually really great. If you're struggling, remember that the lifeline is there yeah. for you. 24-7, 365, call anytime. one Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Nikki just talks over the suicide. The guy's like trying to desperately write down the number. It's so easy to find. <laughs> Google it, you it, loser. Jesus. <laughs> Nikki, take that back. Uh, no this is true this is really great thank you at pop up 82 the number is 1-800-273-TALK that's 8255 1-800-273-TALK 8255 yes call that number seriously yes if you're even thinking about it call that number um and let's close with a final question from another comedian jared logan uh who i love so much and is so funny and you should follow him too at jared logan um, and you should follow Eric I. Did we plug Eric I? Yeah, follow Eric him? I Comedy. Yes, uh, who's also so funny. Uh, Jared Logan asks, what makes people who have a good career slash life do it? I'm wondering because I have a good life. <laughs> um, well, I do think that's a valid question. What does make people uh, who have a good career or life do Depression. it? Depression. Depression, I think I think it's two things. I think it's the expectations that get placed on you. Oh, yeah. Keep going. You better keep this up. Yeah. And then you have one thing that you're like, that like, uh, uh, what's his name? Some Mick Jagger's girlfriend seemingly had this great life, but was very much in debt. You have like a secret right. that isn't out yet. Right. Yeah. And you just, you freak out. Yeah. A lot of times, like guys who have a perfect life, their wife will be like ready to file for divorce. And then that's the that's the straw. Yeah, I agree. It's all, you know. I agree. I also think it's it's potentially hitting hitting the ceiling. Mm. Um there's there's it's something not going to get better. There's something to be said to the you know the sort of we've done it all thing. You know, if you ever saw the doc these guys weren't suicidal, but if you ever saw the documentary about the police, the band, they talk about when they played what is it Wembley Stadium or whatever in England or hundred thousand people and they broke up like the next day because they were so just like, like that's it they were like we can't top that's this. it yeah the, the, this, we just we did we hit the, that's it yeah uh so i think there's probably certain artists or performers or people that have a not, not just artists and performers but people that have a really good career whatever that hit a point where they go i've hit the peak part of success and that's the thing too to remember about your depression and pushing yourself and all these things. Understand that sometimes it just becomes a job. Sometimes it does just become a routine. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's a difference between being stuck in a rut and having a routine. And if you look at the majority of all of our fathers and mothers, um, 
and I only say fathers because fathers are the guys that lay the bricks and pave the roads and do those kinds of things for the most part, mm-hmm. right? But you look at the jobs that these people had. It was it was a means to an end. Yeah. This is what you did. That was the old school mentality. You get up, you go to work. What do you do? I'm a tradesman. I do that. I work in the papers, or uh, you know, I run a flower shop, or I, you know, I uh, oil rigging, or whatever the fuck it is, you know. But they did it because they had to feed their families. And when 50 years hit or whatever it was, they retired, and that was it. And nowadays, it's more than ever. It's never enough. It's more. It's more. It's well, you more, can't retire more. anymore. I say it all the time about people, like, like when people. I don't know the reasons Craig Ferguson is stepping down. Some people are speculating because he felt left looked over. Right. Like that he didn't be given Letterman. Some people think he's just retiring. I hope it's that he's just retiring. Me too. Because to me, everybody was like when Letterman, when Colbert got the gig, everybody was like, God, Ferguson must feel so stepped over. It's like, stepped over how? You have a TV show. You're <coughs> right. great at You're not it. Not entitled to anything. Else. People love you, what you do. You can sell out these amazing venues. It's everywhere. never enough because it's never enough. Yeah, just look at it as this is it. This is the job. This is my job now. Yeah, and then I'll retire in twenty years or whatever. But we don't look at things like that. I'm not saying he didn't, but um, okay. One more question because it's for my friend Keith Malley from Keith and the Girl. Follow him at. at Keith Malley, M-A-L-L-E-Y. I love Keith so much. He's so great. Uh, have you ever, have, have either of you ever done it? Uh, I liked that. Meaning suicide. No, we have not. Not yet. Uh, um, uh, there's some more here, guys. Oh, Chris Italia. I'm sorry. I, I'm trying to just, at Chris Italia, who, uh, one of the owners of the Tremendous Comedy Club, the best comedy club, uh, best showcase club in New York City, The Stand. I love it so much. Um, I say showcase club because I, I get to headline at Gotham and Caroline's. I, yeah. As far as showcasing goes, it's a different ballpark. It's Go just to the a stand. great place. It's a great room. Uh, think, think about committing suicide after realizing she actually dated you. Oh, okay, Chris. I, you were about to read that. I'm like, are you really going to read that? I didn't. I'm a slow reader. I actually have to read it as I'm reading it. I don't have the oh, ability to read ahead with my brain and eyes really? before I, as I'm saying it. Yeah. God. All right. Uh, one last question. Uh, this is from at Chelsea Girl. What's the best thing to do when your friend threatens suicide every single day and she won't accept help? Well, Chelsea, I don't know what the best thing to do is. I, I think would say you can you should, call the cops. Yeah. You, well, first I would call this hotline and get their advice yeah see what they say um and i would think without question you need to talk to her parents or whoever her guardians are tell your school just you need to just tell people because if she does something you're gonna feel like i could what could i have done so just and we're saying guardians in school with the assumption that you're young we don't know i mean if if you're independent people living on your own i would still try to contact her family and yes. uh, tell them what's going on. Uh, and Just go f- to back to her school that she went to. Yeah, and please call. Please, old middle please call the Lifeline. Uh, again, 24-7-365, 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Call them. Get their advice. They might tell you to call the cops, but do it immediately. Yeah. Do it now. Do it right now. Don't wait. Um, and take care of your friend because she needs your help. So... 
thank you, everybody, for writing in. This was a really great discussion about this. I think um, so too. Yeah, it was it was honest and you know it got it got a little heavy at times and it was funny at times, but I think we had a legitimate discussion yeah, about suicide. Feel good. Yeah, that's uh, I'm happy about that. Me too. Because it's a it's it's a weird topic. And so. no one talks about it. it's very taboo. So I'm glad that we t- we did tackle it yeah i agree the way we tackled that we could it. we tackled it yeah <laughs> we tackled it we didn't just talk about it we tackled it yeah yeah another time on the podcast we solved uh, mor- uh the morality crisis um another time we fixed uh we defined exactly what nostalgia is and now we've tackled suicide so i'm glad uh <laughs> i'm kidding of course call the lifeline if you need help um and if your friends need help Nikki, thanks for being here. Do you thanks want to plug too. anything? No. Oh, wait. I have a podcast, We Know Nothing, on the, uh, uh, what is it? <laughs> I don't even know the name of the podcast network. You can just search it on iTunes. It's called We Know Nothing. It's a dating advice podcast with Bill Hanley. Okay. It's great. All right. Check that out. Follow Nikki on Twitter and go see her live and check out her podcast. You will not be disappointed. Yes. Good night. Good night.